Welcome to a bonus episode recorded live with audience pre-COVID-19 at the Conversion Hotel Conference in November 2019 on the island of Texel in the Netherlands. This session is with Steven Pavlovich, CEO from Conversion.com and Daniel Markers, co-founder at ClickValue. The topic of this session was building and scaling your Shiro agency and the first question from the audience was about how to sell an A-B testing program to a new prospective client and how to deal with those clients asking for really specific results like for example a 10% lift in conversion rate. If they if they give you um, well goals like that then you you as an agency you should say well okay but then the way we're going to reach that that will be our decision because if you also say we need to do that with five tests every month and you have to do that in 10 hours every test then you can't guarantee that kind of results anymore so well also in your sales you need to balance that kind of challenges of, of what your clients want and also manage the the expectations because yeah if they want both then it will not going to, it's not going to work but that's basically the two kinds of flavors that you you can sell you either sell a result or you you sell just work and um, yeah and, and and that's also how you should organize same same for you yeah so we're we're very similar T- typically we try to understand what the what the goal is that the client has they will normally come to us saying we want to increase our conversion rate and that's as detailed as they get so we try to interrogate that that goal to understand is it do they really mean revenue or profit or uh, profit per user or whatever the metric is so we look to understand that then we try to define are there specific targets that they as a company have to achieve within the next six months or 12 months so that we can align our work to theirs. Because then exactly like Daniel says, often they will have an idea in their mind of what they want, but typically that is not necessarily what they need. And so it's our, our role as the agency to yep. uh, to partner with them to help them better understand that. And I think there's always that challenge between, so we have maybe, I don't know, there might be a potentially a third time, which is you've got the delivery clients who want, we want, X experiments per month. You have the target clients where we want to hit this target and the rest is up to you. And the third type of ones where we would partner with the client to essentially augment their experimentation team. And that means that we can do the delivery work, we can do the performance work, but if other random stuff comes up, you know, price experimentation, for example, that may not necessarily fit into any of the other brackets, then we can support on that as well. So that's, that's the ideal type because that way we can direct our work um, to the requirements of the business yeah. and then set kind of quarterly targets that we want to achieve. And, and, and that also it. works for clients that want to do this in-house, right? So they, they can do it in-house, they're just missing some skills, you can augment that. Yeah, yeah. There's, one thing I w- oh, oh. there's one thing I want to add. There, whenever a client comes to you w- with whatever uh, well uh, assignment they have, we, we always have some kind of, of hidden agenda in our, in our mind to, to get them more mature because it's like you said in the beginning of your question that it's a process where, you, where, where you're looking for um, some, some genuine increasings uh, to, to, to their results. And of course, when they come to you very immaturely and they say, yeah, we want five tests a month because, well, somebody told us that that's the kind of velocity we can reach. Then and so that's what we need. Yeah, of course we all know here that that velocity itself will not get you any results. You, you need some sophistication in it, and and just and, and for that sophistication you need time and trust, 
And that's what we always try to, to do also with our clients, to, to work on their maturity. And, and it's just something you do in everything that you deliver with them, that you also help them in getting more mature. Because then you can get more results in the long term. And, and that's the way to grow it. Yeah. Omar, did you have a second question? Yeah, I actually have uh, no. two more. Now I have uh, two a more. Bit more time to uh, think about it uh, without putting me on the spot. But um, so starting out, uh, you probably had a lot of challenges yourself. Um, I can phrase it two time, uh, two ways, but let me do this. Um, what would be the best advice you would give yourself if you could go back in time to say, okay, don't do this again? That's first question. And also, you guys have grown your businesses pretty big. Um, does it get better? growing it <laughs> because <laughs> i see there I've, I've spoken to a lot of you guys and i see that there is a tendency to okay maybe if i go to 15 or go to 20 i go to 30 if i scale it bigger and bigger it will be better because are you saying they look tired no i'm just i'm just <laughs> asking so it's uh, does it get better does it get better um, and what would be the best advice also as well so sorry and what would what would be the advice would you give yourself uh Okay. Those two, those so does it get better? It gets different. Like, um, I mean, if you look purely in terms of cash, I made more money when it was just me than when it's a company of 25 plus people. Um, does that mean it's worse? No, because it's good fun working with a team of people and seeing them do good work. Um, so does it get easier? Some things get easier, like you don't have to do, like when it gets to a certain scale, there are some things that you can just give to other people, finance, HR, things like that, that I don't really enjoy uh, doing, and then let other people handle that. So that certainly gets easier. But then the problems get uh, difficult. I think the biggest challenge if you've got an agency with any number of people is that your, like I said a minute ago, your, your wage bill, the, the amount that you have to pay each month will stay typically the same or will go up but then clients can bounce around. And so that can be the biggest headache. You know, a couple of clients or a couple of wins either way can make quite a big difference. And in terms of if there was one thing that I would change um, or one piece of advice that I would give my, to myself, I think, um, so at conversion.com, like start of the year, I think we were close to 40 people. We're now close to 25. So we had to do a restructure. Um, earlier this year, this year, I think it was something that was affecting a lot of the agencies in the UK. Nicholas nodding her head. <laughs> um, so the challenge that we faced at the time was we had essentially built up cash reserves in the business so that we could um, allow for something like that. So if we did have a period when we were making a loss and we wouldn't have to kind of jump too early. Um, and so we absolutely did the right thing there. I think the one thing that we didn't do was we... I don't know, we got a little bit complacent, I think. Um, so there were some changes that we should have made a lot sooner in terms of the uh, like the structure of the business, um, the people that we were hiring. I think we let a few things um, go that maybe I didn't pay enough attention to myself. I think I'd stepped back a little bit from too much of the day-to-day. -day. Uh, and I think it was an easy mistake to make because when you're running, when you've got, I don't know, a two million pound a year wage bill, you have to focus on sales because if you don't, then that's not going to come in, but I think we have to get the right balance. So um, we took the company back to being a little bit smaller with 25 people uh, now in a much, much better place. And we are being much more cautious in terms of hiring, both because we don't want to hire the wrong people because of the effect that that can have on the rest of the business. But secondly, also because we don't want to commit to that ongoing 
salary unless it's fully justified. So we'd much rather use freelance or contract until we get to the point that we've got enough visibility on the requirement of the, the requirements of the business longer term that we can afford to hire that person. Would you give yourself a different advice, uh, Daniel? Yeah, what, it's, it's an interesting question. And it's, in, and it's very hard to answer. I, it's an excellent question. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's an excellent question. It's, um, I couldn't phrase it better. Um, the, the, the most important thing is that you stay true to yourself. And, and what happens is, is well, I, I know you a little bit, and you're, we're a bit similar. You, you just like your work, then you, you, you put in the extra mile for your clients, That's, then they reward you with more work, and then suddenly you think, oh, I can't handle it myself, and then you, you hire somebody, and that's a very big step, but then suddenly you, you, well, you hire somebody more and more and more, and then you're an agency, and that's how it started. And, well, we're now with more than 100 people, and, and it's, it's way above my head, because I'm still this analyst, and I just love data, and the, the main reason I, I always want bigger clients is that I get more interesting data sets. And, uh, and I also think that, that getting interesting data sets and interesting clients is interesting for the staff that we hire. And that's why they want to stay with us. So that's how I regard it. It's just a game for me in that sense. Um, and and, and I, I can't control it anymore. And not myself. but. A thing I did is I, I always surrounded myself with people that uh, like the things that I think are important and I don't like. So I don't like finance, I don't like HR, uh, or I like HR but somebody told me I'm very bad at it. And <laughs> so then I thought, well, I'll probably hire somebody for it. And, and that's also how I grew the business. So I always thought, well, okay, if I hire these people around me that do all these essential things, it enables me to, to stay true to what I like and love. And, and that's also what keeps me going or get me out, gets me out of bed in the morning and, and drags me to work. Or it doesn't drag me, I go there because I really like it. So would, would hiring people, is that the only way to go? I mean, you could also uh, use different freelancers. Yeah, yeah, or, sure. Or it's just surrounding yourself with people. But but hiring is is well is a way to cooperate. But of course, surrounding yourself or or sh uh, share your shares is also a way of, of of getting together with people. And of course, yeah, with with some people, well, I shared my shares, and with some people, I hired them. That's that's how we grew the business. And but but. I always looked at, at how do these people that surround me complement me. In, and, and I was very focused on, on that I could continue doing what I love. Because if I can't do what I love, I'm very unmotivated. That's, uh, so to keep the motivation, I always keep that focus. And I think that's a very important aspect. And that you, you, you're also vulnerable in it. Because I, I honestly say I can't do these things. I, I don't like them. I'm very bad at them. Of course, that's sometimes very hard to say. Because you, oh, you also have to admit that you're lazy or clumsy or whatever. And of course, yeah, well, everybody, that's a vulnerable thing. So, uh, but I think it's important uh, that you do that sometimes. So that's an advice that I give. And another advice is that when you're in doubt about starting something, an engagement, like hiring somebody or let yourself be hired by a client and you have any doubts, 
stay true to them and don't do it unless you really, really have to. But whenever I had doubts about somebody, it always turned out wrong in the end. Uh, because I did it, because it, yeah, then you rationalize like, oh yeah, but it will work out and I really need this kind of guy or girl uh, or I really need this client now because it will enable us to do so and so with the money. It always turned out wrong. So stay true to yourself. And it's easier said than done, but it, it pays off. Stay true to yourself, uh, Omar. <laughs> Next always. question. Aurelie has a question? Or? I, I just had a quick one. Um, do you do revenue sharing? with your customers when you get to certain goals or not? So we don't do we don't do pure revenue share, as in if you do X, we do Y. What we do do is we'll use, because that can, that can change the nature of the work that we do, we will do performance-based deals where we might have a gateway in place where we will hit this, tar this target and then it will trigger a longer engagement, for example. Because a revenue share, like the challenge with that is it's not, it sounds good up front, but then when you do the work, the client, they want to do, they want to dictate the experiments that you run. You want to have complete ownership of that. It also means that you can't do anything that doesn't correlate to the goals that you set originally. And often it means that you spend more time doing due diligence on each individual experiment as opposed to actually just doing more, more good work. I, th I think everyone's advising against doing uh, revenue share. Uh, they're... they're <laughs> Except Daniel, uh, but no, but I do, I do see well full revenue share at least. Well, well, uh, there are some uh, there's some hybrid models, of course. Yeah, I, I think you're tr you're right. When it's only CRO, it, it never works out because if you're doing too well and somebody your client has to pay you a hundred thousand euros for ten hours of work, well they do it once and then they're gone. So so then it doesn't work. But we we do revenue share for. Uh, for clients that, that outsource their full online marketing uh, function to us. And then, for instance, we, we work on, on that we say, well, we get so many percentage of your revenue. And then we, uh, that's our share, and we, 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 we deliver hours for it, hours of work. And then, of course, we can invest in growing the business. And then, of course, when the business doubles, also the, the amount of, of uh, management value for us doubles as well. And that goes very well. And then they don't care anymore whether we spend it in, in, in uh, starting some new channel or uh, increasing the velocity of the CRO tests. And, and also, they, we don't report on the CRO tests. They only want to see the lift. And they also don't care how we did it because they don't want to learn from it. They just want to grow. And then it works. But if it's only CRO, of course, it, it, uh, yeah, we have equally bad experiences with it and we don't do it. Any more questions? Go ahead. Hi, Nuria from Google here. Um, I have like a two-part question. So the first one is, I've been talking to a lot of agencies in Nordics and Benelux, and I have three findings, and I want to know if you concur with those. And then the second part would be kind of your wish list. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing, but um, cope with me. So, um, so the first thing is um, agencies across Nordics and Benelux have been telling me um, that they have a problem in terms of how their visibility is shown towards different stakeholders within companies. So it's very difficult to quantify, you know, what are we doing? It's all these failed experiments. Why are you paying us? Um, secondly, it would be like in terms of dashboards, like how do we, um, yeah, go about KPIs, etc. And it has to do with the awareness of clients that they will just come to you, give you maybe a, a very vague brief. 
So how, what can we do as, as, you know, as a company like Google to increase this awareness around right KPIs? And then thirdly, I think it's all about how you sell yourself. Um, so, so what kind of upsell, cross-sell, et cetera, of your own services could you actually be um, positioning within these companies? And so those are kind of like three major issues there. And um, I'm new in my position at Google, and we're looking at things that we can do to train um, people during CRO worldwide. So it, it's kind of an ask of like what things you see that are gaps and what you would wish that you had training in. So if we take the first point, the, um, which I think was about visibility as in how do you get the visibility within the client, you're, you're absolutely right. That's, um, there's a problem that our industry faces in that, I guess it's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. People think that what we do is kind of tweaking a landing page or finessing the, the finished product and we just kind of polish it a little bit at the end. Um, if that's the perception, then obviously no one's going to give a shit about that within the company. Instead, the, the first point that I made today was like you should focus on the biggest problems that the, the company faces. As in, if you can find out um, like some of the stuff that we do at the moment on price testing. So we're experimenting on two different types of pricing, for example, or experimenting on products, or you know, essentially something that the business is going to care about. You find out what does the C-suite in this company care about? What are the investments they're, they're making? What are the risks that they're, that they're taking? And then test around that then it's a completely different method because you don't have to kind of push your, oh, look, we tested this landing page and this is what will happen when we move the image from here to there. No one gives a shit about that. But if you say, we, you know, we tested five potential new products, one of them converted 50% higher than another, do you, want to load, do you want to see what the results were? Everyone's going to care about that. So th I think the first, well, the most important thing is to test about what people care about. And obviously that's going to be much more meaningful for the business anyway. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it share the results because yeah, most people in, in, in larger companies, the, the web is only a small part of it. So yeah, we encounter the same things and, and this is a way to get attention. In a way, the, the problem that you, you mentioned is, is more general because it, 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 it's, it's with the entire digital marketing um, discipline or function in, a, in an organization. So. I also see that there's too little uh, attention for that. So if they don't care about digital marketing, then they also don't care about the optimization of digital marketing. And if they don't have a, a tradition of, of experimental uh, approach to decision-making, then they don't care about our experiments. It's just a waste of time because it, 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 it distracts them of, the, of their focus and their speed. So, Sometimes it's, it's way too, too, too hard to, to conquer that. It just takes a lot of time and trust. And you, you need to have some successes, and the successes will get you your moment at the table. And then they suddenly think, hey, hey yeah, that brought in a significant amount of money. And then you get your, your share of attention. One question that you can ask is, um, we often ask this during the kickoff that we have with the new client, which is if you could test anything on your website or about your business, what would it be? And they normally start with some fairly tame, mediocre answer like, oh, I'd redesign the basket page or something like that. But then if you, try, if you actually push them and say like, if you had a parallel universe where you could do whatever you wanted to about the business and nothing would matter, like what would you test then? And that's when you start to get these more interesting ideas and then you think, oh, well, actually, this one, we could probably test something around that and test something fairly simplified but still meaningful and then build the, um, start building the mindset around that. 
I would also argue that as long as uh, Google AdWords is still effective and bringing in a lot of money, they, the people or the companies are not e really incentivized to spend money on uh, conversion. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like we, so often when we, when we start work with a new client, they, it's not like they have a line in their budget for conversion optimization. So yeah. normally the, the way that we will often start working with a new client is we will take budget from their Google ad spend yeah. And then we will generate our, our own budget. We will pay that back within four to eight weeks. And then we'll grow it from there. That, that's going to go over great with the AdWords team. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it makes them more money eventually. Yeah. yeah, but that's something where Google can, can make a change. Because what happens now is, is the way your AI is, is basically making uh, human management less and less important. The, the next step in, in managing AdWords accounts become integrating CRO and AdWords because the bid management and the keyword uh, selection will be done automatically. So th the only thing that the human can do to optimize results is put in proper CRO and it's, it's, it's landing page optimization, matching between ads and, and landing pages and that sort of things. And you can educate your clients in it, you can edu educate agencies in it, and of course, yeah, we can educate our own staff, but, but also when more people in, in, in companies that do advertising know about this, then it will be much easier to shift this, this budget because, yeah, the, the, the reluctance that you just indicated is really there. People really love their budget, and when we say, yeah, but if you spend 1% and we get a 1% lift in a month, then the other 11 months of your yearly budget will add 1% extra, which probably won't do it with, with keyword management or anything. So that's something you could do. A lot of ideas here, I think. Thank you so much, uh, Daniel. Thank you so much, uh, Stephen. Thank you for, uh, for all the questions. Uh, I do have one final question uh, for, uh, for Stephen, though. You, we're now at the conference formerly known as Conversion Hotel. I think you can see where this is going. You have conversion.com. Yes. Are you now considering uh, changing your name to just a just the a logo? Formerly known as Conversion.com. Yeah, or something like that. No, I think I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> You're going to stick with it. Good. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Thank you. See you back tomorrow at two o'clock. And if I'm correct, the bar should be open now. So have fun. Have a good evening. <laughs>